Please take your Bibles and go to the book of Zephaniah. Zephaniah, if you're visiting with us and you left your cell phone at home or you're not visiting, you left your cell phone or Bible at home and you can pick up that black Bible in the chair in front of you. Go to page 667, 667, Zephaniah, chapter two. Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah. If you hit Haggai, Zach, not Zechariah, but Zephaniah. If you hit Zechariah, Malachi, or Malachi, you went too far. So go back a little bit, find Zephaniah chapter two. Zephaniah two, just three verses, and yet the theme of Zephaniah's prophecy is right here in these three verses. Zephaniah two, verses one through three. says this, gather yourselves together, yes, gather, O nation, without shame. Before the decree takes effect, the day passes like the chaff. Before the burning anger of Yahweh comes upon you, before the day of Yahweh's anger comes upon you. Seek Yahweh, all you humble of the earth who have done his ordinances. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. Perhaps you will be hidden in the day of Yahweh's anger. Let's do this is a website for those who run, cycle, swim, climb, or clamber. Clamber? What is that? I had to look it up. I think clamber is a very difficult way of climbing, something like that. No. I don't think I've clambered before, have you? <coughs> Anyways, it's a website for those who run, they cycle, they swim, they climb or clamber. Quote, for the heat of the competition or fun with friends, says the website, end quote. So they help a person find, book, and share, quote, your next momentous experience, end quote. They also say on their website, that they list, quote, more mass participation sports events than any other website in the world. Literally, you just go to Let's Do This, the website. I think it's letsdothis.com. Yeah, it's letsdothis.com. That's, what it, that's the website. Uh, more mass production, mass participation, excuse me, sports events than any, any other websites in the world. And they also, quote, believe that the best experiences are those shared with others. So they really encourage people to sign up for these events with others. So because the, the idea is to do this feat or run this race or cycle this course or swim this distance together. That's their idea. So let's, let's do this. And the idea is let's do this together. Come on, come on, let's, let's go. Let's do this. And here's the irony they call people to do this feat, run this race, cycle this course, swim this distance. And in our passage today, it also calls God's people to do something together as well. Seek the Lord. That's, that's the theme of Zephaniah's prophecy. Seek Yahweh. He's the God of judgment and discipline he's the god of salvation and blessing and today in these three verses it's let's do this let's seek him let's do this together let's seek him together 
let's do this. It's a call, it's a command, imploring you, beseeching you as God's people. Of course, it's talking to the unsaved, but really it's just talking to God's people, imploring you, imploring us. Let's seek the Lord. Let's seek Christ. Let's seek righteousness. Let's seek humility. That's the passage in three sentences. Let's seek Christ. Let's seek righteousness. Let's seek humility. It's beseeching you. He is calling you and imploring you, O Christian. He's imploring you, calling you, commanding you to seek the Lord. Here's another way to put the passage. Yahweh calls us to seek him, to seek righteousness and to seek humility, realizing our response doesn't guarantee his mercy, only his sovereign grace, which is fully displayed at the cross. His sovereign grace is what guarantees anything. And that grace is fully displayed the cross, the heart of the gospel. Know this. Repentance doesn't save you. Faith in Jesus doesn't save you. Seeking Christ doesn't save you. God saves you. Jesus saves you through faith by His grace faith in Christ Jesus alone. You might say that's just a matter of semantics. It's not. God's only remedy for sin is his grace in Christ. Do not think that you can use God like a puppet just because you're repenting. It doesn't work that way. The only reason why we're saved is because God is gracious. Salvation belongs to the Lord, as Jonah says. God's only remedy for sin is his grace in Christ. And, and, he commands us to seek him, to seek righteousness, to seek humility. Just throw that out. Let that be your response. But no, your response does not control God. Yahweh spoke about the coming judgment and discipline, not just to tell them what would happen to them, but to spur them on to respond appropriately with humble repentance and worship. So abandon your self-confidence and abase yourself before the all-supreme creator redeemer and ruler it's only for those who are humble only for those who humble themselves this this is the heart of Zephaniah's message this is the heart of Zephaniah's prophecy is right here an exhortation seek Yahweh let's do this together abandon your self confidence abase yourself 
before the one who's your creator, your redeemer. He's your ruler. This is the central point, really, and and more or less central point of Zephaniah's message, calling the people of Israel, calling God's people to seek him. Let's seek Yahweh together. Let's seek his way of living together. Let's seek humility together. Let's do this together. Let's go. Let's move. Come on. So let's do this. Let's seek him. And, and this passage is split up into four different parts, these verses. Four different parts that we'll see that unfolds for us. And you see first from verse one, it's respond. So God has, has mapped out, has proclaimed this judgment discipline that's coming upon the whole world and then specifically Israel, Judah. He says this in verse 1. Gather yourselves together. Yes, gather, O nation, without shame. Interesting, this word gather, verb, was used to describe gathering of straw by the Israelites in Egypt. It was also used for gathering straw to gather straw for the Sabbath or before Sabbath. So it could have at least two different meanings from the context here. It could simply mean for the people to simply gather together like they gather straw. Or it could actually signal that God's people were considered like straw. Hard to know, but either way, the idea is this. Respond. Humble yourselves before Yahweh, repenting of your arrogance, abandon your sinful ways, gather together. Come and notice what's said here. O nation without shame. Interesting, the word nation. This word is used elsewhere in the Old Testament to describe the other nations, not God's people. The other nations are called goyim. And here, that's what Judah's called, foreign nation. So it's a play on words. So as this this call here is to respond, humble yourselves, and then he says here, O nation, goyim, goy, I should say, God's people were no longer considered his people. Why? Because they weren't acting like it. They were acting like the other nations. Because their conduct demonstrated they were just like the other nations. It was a stigma in the community. The, the, the other nations are like, oh, they act just like us. Oh, nation, notice it says, without shame. Literally, to grow pale or without desire or longing. It's, it's hard to determine what is meant here. But yet, it's clear that Zephaniah is not using it in a good way. He uses this phrase without shame in a derogatory way. Saying this, Judah did not desire Yahweh and or did not show any shame for the sins they had done. They didn't desire him, no shame. 
They had no shame. And, and they did not know nor want to know how disgraceful, how wicked and how evil their attitudes and conduct were. They didn't want to know that. They didn't care to know that. They brought turmoil to their relationship with Yahweh because of their sin. So he would discipline his people severely. So here from this verse, Judah was like worthless straw, no longer considered to be God's people because of their evil actions and having no shame for those sinful actions. That's why the call is respond. Respond. And the respond is the first part, and, but the second part is even greater because the second part is this. Respond, it's urgent. Verse two. Notice how many times you see the preposition before. Before the decree takes effect, the day passes like the chaff. Before the burning anger of Yahweh comes upon you. Before the day of Yahweh's anger comes upon you. Three times he says before. Twice he talks about Yahweh's anger. And he's doing this to emphasize it's urgent, it's urgent, it's urgent. Now the day of Yahweh was coming, but it had not come yet. <laughs> Before this decree takes effect, God's judgment. Before the day comes fast, notice it says passes like the chaff, not in terms of they're going to be like chaff, but the idea is chaff just comes and it goes like dust. You know, you see a piece of dust and then it just goes away. You see it like kind of there in the sunlight, right? It just kind of glistens and then it just blows away. That's how fast it comes. Boom, boom. And notice twice, before Yahweh's burning anger, before his anger, before this calamity would come, it's urgent, it's, it's, it's very urgent for you to respond. Yahweh's anger burned against his people because they, had, because they loved other things and other people more than him, greater than him, totally above him. He wanted their love, so his jealous anger burned. He wanted them to want him. Or as <coughs> Jeremiah said, in Jeremiah chapter two, for my people have committed two evils, they've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. They don't want me. He wanted them to want him. Just like a husband wants his wife to desire him, a wife wants her husband to desire her. That's what the Lord wanted. But they went after other gods. They went after other things. went after other people. That's what they wanted. That's why it's urgent. There's a sense of urgency here. Yahweh's disciplining judgment would come but only if the people would not respond to his calls through the prophet to repent and turn back to Yahweh with humility. There's still time, in other words. There's still time. Gather yourselves together. Respond. You who are nothing but straw deserving Yahweh's anger, humble yourselves before this great awesome God before wrath comes. So respond. Gather Respond, it's urgent before, before, before. 
well, we've been telling you how to respond, but actually hasn't told you how to respond because that's actually the third aspect to the text is respond how? Three ways he gives us from the text. As the word before was three times, here is the threefold command. Seek Yahweh. Verse three, seek Yahweh all you humble of the earth who have done his ordinances. Seek Yahweh to turn to him in sincere worship, loving him and seeking his guidance from his word, deeply dependent upon him. One worships him exclusively, solely, absolutely. Amos chapter five brings this up here. Amos chapter 5, verse 6. Same thing. The Lord says to the house of Israel, Seek Yahweh that you may live, lest he break forth like a fire, O house of Joseph, and it consume with none to quench it for Bethel. In verse 14, Seek good and not evil that you may live, and thus may the Lord God of hosts be with you, just as you've said. Verse 15, Hate evil, love good, and establish justice in the gate. Perhaps the Lord God of hosts may be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Seek him. Go after him. Worship him. See, that's what was missing. What was missing for Israel, uh, it was a true living relationship with their God, with Yahweh God. That's what was missing. They didn't have that. They just thought it was just a ritual. You just do your thing on Sunday. You just do your thing on Sabbath. You just go and do your thing. You check it off and you're good. That's why the Lord said, I hate your rituals. I hate your sacrifices. I want you to want me. They should seek him totally, wholeheartedly, unequivocally, unremittently I depend totally upon you O Lord I will only follow you O Yahweh I will only seek you Jesus I will only inquire of you you depend on him rather than yourself you let him from his perfect word guide you guide your life and no one else. That's what it means to seek Yahweh, to seek the Lord, to seek the Lord Jesus. When you seek the Lord, you turn to him with your whole heart and soul. He becomes the object of your highest affection. John Piper says it well. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied with him. That's why the website's called Desiring God. Desire him most. And notice it says, Seek Yahweh all you humble of the earth. Only those who humble themselves will seek the Lord. You have to humble yourself. Humbling oneself involves admitting you're totally wrong. And as far as Yahweh was concerned, he's totally right. 
only those who humble themselves may be given a measure of hope and grace in the midst of what would befall the nation. Those who were complacent and prideful will not come before Yahweh and humble themselves. Because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, Proverbs 3.34. James picks this up as well in his letter to the Jewish believers. He quotes from Proverbs. In verse six of chapter four, God's opposed to proud but gives grace to the humble. And then James says this, therefore, submit to God Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Exactly. And he's speaking to Christians. This is how we respond. This is how we respond. The first way. Seek Yahweh, you humble of the earth. Notice he says, the last, the middle part of verse three, who've carried out his ordinances or have done his ordinances, they, they carried out his commands, his divine law. They do his divine law. These are the ones who love Yahweh, worship Yahweh, obey Yahweh solely. They say, whatever you command, I will willingly do your will. That's what it means to seek him. So the threefold command, seek Yahweh. Notice the second one, seek righteousness. It says there, seek righteousness. Seek righteousness. This is one's daily practice and conduct with others. Your day-to-day contact with other believers and the unsaved. This denotes a relationship between Yahweh and his people whereby God's people conform to his expectations. It's living, I think I have it up here, yeah. It's living life God's way, not your way. It's living life God's way, not our way. That's what it means to seek righteousness. Or even as James talks about in James chapter three, you you seek wisdom. Wisdom is living life the way God intends you to live. Righteousness is living life God's way, not our way because they were God's people, they would be people who were just and, and righteous in all their ways and in their daily conduct of living. A person who seeks Yahweh confer, conforms himself or conforms herself to his word. We seek to live life the way he wants us to live because we seek him, because we want him, because we desire him. A threefold command. How do you respond? Seek the Lord. Seek righteousness. Three, seek humility. You seek Yahweh, you seek his righteous way of living, and you seek humility. One continues to live under his control by means of his word. That's humility. You you put yourself under Yahweh. Continually admitting your daily need of him. I will submit myself to you. I will live the life the way you want me to live. I will seek you, Yahweh, with all my heart and soul. You will be my first love. 
God looks to these and to these alone. Isaiah tells us this. The Lord tells us this through Isaiah. But to this one I will look, Isaiah 66 verse two, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. Isaiah 66 verse two. Their hearts are broken before the Lord, contrite, ready to do his will like Isaiah 57, 15 says. You know, this is really the, the response to the gospel. You humble yourself. You say, Jesus, I need you. If you're here, you don't know Jesus. Listen to this message, you don't know Jesus. You say, God, you're just. You should condemn me. I'm a sinner. I should be condemned, but I trust that Jesus came. He died and and for my sin and resurrected from the dead. I, I repent and put my trust in Jesus. I humble myself and trust you, Jesus. God will save you. Come. Come to Jesus and he'll save you. you know, and as Christians, we're called to pursue humility. Speaking of humility, Philippians 2, have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus. John 13, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. He says, as I've done this to you, you do this to each other. Respond. It's urgent. How do you respond? Seek the Lord. Seek Yahweh. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. The fourth part, though, to this message is this. Yet. Yet. Look at the last part of verse three. Perhaps you'll be hidden the day of Yahweh's anger. Interesting, Zephaniah's name means Yahweh has hidden or Yahweh has caused to be hidden. So heed these words and perhaps you'll be hidden. What does this mean? Let me paint a scenario for you, okay? So, if a person admits to being nothing in Yahweh's very presence, seeking Him, seeking His way of living, and seeking to be humble before Him, that person will escape God's wrath, right? If you have sincere worship, you live out God's standard of holy living with all humility before God and others, it guarantees that you will not face Yahweh's discipline on the day of the Lord, right? No. It does not guarantee that. You cannot rely on your desire for Yahweh, your practices, your holy living, or anything else, no matter how sincere you are. The only way one may be able to be rescued from God's hand, which will come upon his people, is solely by God's hand. It's his choice because it's his grace. This word perhaps is not used here to imply doubt to God's effective sheltering from wrath. Well, maybe, I don't know. It's like doubtful if God can actually do that. That's not what the word means. That's not what's being conveyed. No. 
what's being conveyed is the only way you can be rescued from God's hand is by God's hand. Or to put it a different way, it keeps us from presuming upon God. In other words, your actions don't save you. Your merit doesn't save you. God saves by His sovereign grace and power. You cannot bank upon your response. You cannot bank upon your trusting in the Lord. You cannot bank upon you seeking the Lord. We must bank upon God being gracious to us. Undeserved favor. You can't make God do anything. Notice how the text holistically emphasizes both the righteousness of God and His grace. His righteousness demands sin is paid for. And grace, here we see it's His unmerited favor. He can show favor to those who are humble and repent before Him. And yet realize this, it's interesting. One writer, he puts it like this, quote, True religion means to worship Yahweh alone and to do justice according to the commandments of God. However, he continues, even sincere religion can offer no guarantee of salvation. Salvation can come only from Yahweh, and I add, by His grace. It's only by His grace. To humble oneself means you accept you've rebelled against the holy, righteous God. You admit that you're wrong. One admits that only God himself provides the remedy to overcome his just wrath and embraces his only remedy for sin. Yes. God's justice and righteousness demands his punishment. But he's also full of mercy, grace, and love. He calls repentance with fruit that shows that repentance. But it's based on him being gracious to you. And and, and this is the gospel. We've sinned against a righteous, just, holy, all-powerful God. We justly deserve him to punish us. The punishment fits the crime. Sin against an infinitely just God requires infinite punishment, period. There's no hope without God. Yet God provides the remedy. God himself provides the remedy. His grace, mercy, and love is shown in sending his beloved eternal son. He came, he died, he rose as a substitute for sinners who humble themselves before him. So repent and trust Jesus and his work on the cross for your sins. Repent and obey. Respond. It's urgent. Seek the Lord. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. Realize, though, you don't bank on your response. You bank it on the very character of God that He's going to be gracious to you. So let's do this together as a body uh, to show our community that we follow Jesus. Show our community we follow Jesus, we trust Jesus, we seek Jesus, we love Jesus. Show our community this. And let's call others to seek Him. Don't forget, remember back in December we did the 2023 challenge to give one to five people the gospel and invite them to a church service. Continue to do that. I implore you to do that. Yahweh calls us to seek Him 
to seek righteousness and to seek humility, realizing our response doesn't guarantee his mercy. Only his sovereign grace, which is fully displayed at the cross, at the death of Christ, there, there's God's grace and his favor shown to us. So that's why, understand, this repentance doesn't save you. Faith doesn't save you. Seeking Jesus that doesn't save you. God saves you. Jesus saves you by his grace through faith in Christ Jesus alone. God's only remedy for sin is his grace in Christ. That's his only remedy. He provides it himself and he commands us to seek him. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. Do it. So I'll close with this. Let's seek Christ. Let's seek righteousness. Let's seek humility. Let's do this together. Let's seek him together. Let's do this. Let's pray and ask him to do this in us. And we pray that, Father, by your spirit, do that in us as your body, as your church, as your people. What direction do you have for us What future do you have? We don't know. Find us faithful. That one person we work with, across the street, friend, relative, that needs to hear the gospel. Find us faithful to proclaim Christ, that they might come to know Jesus. Find us faithful to seek you, O Lord, bring up to us where we've fallen short, thanking you that Jesus, you died for that. So may we seek you and seek your way of living and seek humility. Yet, let us remember it's not our response that saves us. Jesus, you save us by your grace. Which is why we're so thankful favor given to us that's unmerited, undeserved. So we give you our hearts. We give you our soul. We want to live for you. Lord, have your way with us. I encourage you Take this time, this few moments. If you're not seeking him, repent. Bank on his grace. You can bank on that. He'll be gracious. Remind yourself you must cling to Christ, seeking him, his way of living and humility. Fill your mind with the truth that we've seen from God's word this morning. Would you please do that now?